Welcome to Changeable. This is episode number 107, There's Nothing in Your Future. You're tuned in to Changeable with Dr. Amy Johnson. Changeable podcast is all about breaking habits, ending anxiety, and the ironic way change really works. So sit back, relax, and enjoy the show. Hey everyone, welcome back to Changeable. This topic that I'm going to attempt to talk about today, and I say attempt because um, I don't think I can articulate this. I know I can't articulate this nearly as well as uh, I think I can, <laughs> um, but I'm going to try. And and by the way, what I just said feels true before every single episode that I create. So um that's just a universal caveat that, you know, there's something here, but please don't hang on my attempt at articulation because it's it's limited. And and it definitely feels especially true in this case, but I'm so excited about this topic. I just love it so much. So um, so it's worth giving it a shot. So there's nothing in your future. Hmm. Okay. So it's not surprising to any of us that we tend to look to our mind for guidance, for information. Like it's, it's for most of us, uh, probably, I think probably even universally, no matter, no matter what we know, we're so attuned to our mind's narration and conversation and the way that it, it presents information to us and the way it crafts its arguments and tells us that it's making our decisions for us and all of that stuff that it's probably the number one place that we look for these things, right? For, or in general, for, for guidance, for information. And it makes a lot of sense because what our mind is talking about, what it's giving us is form. So it's giving us thought form it's giving us, it's creating feeling, which we feel as a tangible thing. I mean, you can't touch it or hold it, but it's a, it's something we, our mind can point to and label and name. So in that sense, it's form. Um, our mind talks about the world out there. So it talks about physical objects, which clearly are form and have a real sense of solidity to them, which our mind loves. So everything that's visible and form and right in front of us is like what the mind absolutely loves. And it loves that because it loves to know. So your your mind's number one priority is securing your safety and survival. And in that, it has to it has to know stuff. <laughs> it has to like know what's what. And one of the things that most, well, there are two things I think that it really most wants to know. One is who you even are. So your identity. So your mind is constantly wanting to solidify some identity. It wants to know who you are, what you've been through, um, what your weaknesses are, uh, to a lesser degree, what your strengths are maybe. Uh, who doesn't like you, <laughs> and to a lesser degree, maybe who does like you. It's always looking for potential pitfalls, problems, weaknesses, so that it can know and it can like work around those in order to keep you, meaning this identity that it's created for you, alive. And the other thing uh, for that same purpose, kind of along those same lines, is that it's 
It wants to know your future. So as much as we can hear something like, um, you know, anything's possible, anything could happen in the future. When I say that, it fe- when I say it for myself anyway, it feels like, wow, that's awesome. Like, that's amazing. Anything could happen. It feels hopeful and like full of potential. But when it feels like that to us, that's, that's that statement resonating with the deeper us because the deeper us knows that to be the truth and loves that anything can happen. The deeper us loves the uncertainty and the not knowing and the not clinging to form. The deeper us loves formless. It loves, it loves just open expansiveness, pure potential. So when a statement like that resonates, that's the deeper us that it's resonating with. Our mind hates that. Our mind hates that anything could happen and that anything is possible because to a mind, it's wanting to look to something solid. It wants to predict your future, first of all. But it, when you say anything could happen or anything's possible, a mind will fill that space with form. So it won't just want us to sit here in this big expansive feeling. It'll want to make up stories and pictures and and things that it says are likely to happen or that have a high like high probability of happening because they've happened in the past. Or, well, here's what I want to happen. Even preferences, right? Our mind sees this open space and throws form into it. And so something like, oh, anything could happen. Anything's possible. If it feels open and expansive, the deeper you is hearing that. If it feels scary, and it used to to me at one time when I was full of anxiety, somebody saying anything could happen and anything's possible would have terrified me. And that's because my mind was front and center and to my mind, to a mind, it's terrifying. So we know that we, we know that we look to our minds a lot for guidance, information. And we know that what our mind gives us is incredibly limited because it's our mind can only give us what it has thought up. Our mind will go to the past. It'll go to like kind of like your hard drive, you know, like what you can remember and what you're influenced by in this moment. And, you know, maybe what you were thinking about earlier, it'll go to this very, very limited pool of form and it'll spit that out as information, guidance, and especially as predictions for our future. A mind needs to do that because again, it's, it's something rather than nothing. Is that part, I hope that part makes sense. So, in formless, there's there's nothing and everything there. There's a, the energy that creates all things, but there's no thing there. So there's everything and no thing. There's no form in that big open space. Now, again, that can feel so like amazing and full of full of potential and possibility and inviting. But to a mind, it says, well, I need a thing. What do you mean that our mind will just not even compute what I just said? You know, like, what do you mean that everything and no thing? That doesn't even make any sense. So it's constantly wanting to put form into formless or turn formless into form. 
another really simple way of thinking about this is that our mind wants to hang on to something that's visible, <laughs> you know, something that it can see, that it can label and make sense of, and formless is invisible. So it it's a real shift, and it's not such a big shift, to to kind of orient ourselves there. And and this is why, for the most part, as human beings, we're constantly orient reorienting ourselves toward what's visible, what we can see in our day-to-day life, in our experience. That means we're we're tuned in to what we're thinking, what we're feeling, what we're doing, what we're remembering about yesterday, and what we're predicting about tomorrow. Like that's that's the world we live within. Now at that exact same time, as we're focused there, there's a whole world of formless that that contains the potential for anything and everything. And it's always there and chock full of amazing things. But we don't really know to look there because it's invisible. And so we're we're focused on just what we know and and we don't even know what we don't know about what's alive and well in the formless. So there is no future. I mean, future is a thought. We're always just living in now, right? There's no such thing as a future. Our mind can create images of a future. And when it does that, or thoughts of a future, and when it does that, the only thing, the only thing it has to call upon is what's available to it, the mind, in that moment. And typically, again, what's available to a mind is whatever happens to be on it, whatever, you know, whatever we're sort of attuned to. And then just the very, very tiny limited pool of what it knows, what what it habitually thinks, what's always happened, how things go for us, that kind of stuff. So I'm the kind of person who, yeah, I'm sure that's how my future will play out. Or this is how my life has always been. Yeah, a mind will just toss that out and say, well, of course, look, I mean, this is how it's always been. Chances are it's going to be like that in the future makes sense to a mind, <laughs> except it's it's nothing, nothing compared to the actual truth of things. It's like a tiny, tiny little speck of possibility that because we stare at it, we pull it right in front of our faces and we believe it and we identify with it. It looks huge and looming and inevitable, but if you just look a little bit to the right or left or above or below it, there's this gigantic open space of pure potential where everything already exists within that. So anything could show up for us. We just don't know to look at it, to look toward it. So there's literally, there is no future because future is a thought, it's an idea. And so there's nothing in it because it doesn't exist. But even within the concept, we can just even, you know, pretend, like kind of play with this concept of a future. Even if we give ourselves that and we say, yes, at some point my body will be 90 instead of the age it is now. And, you know, there will be some future point for the physicalness of me. And if we want to call that the future, even then there's nothing there. There's really, really nothing there. And what appears to be there is only coming from that tiny, like little baby swimming pool of what our mind can choose from to throw into our future. 
we're so conditioned to see, okay, so so what that kind of means, like a an implication of that is that we're incredibly conditioned and trained in a sense to see what we have to lose. And we have no real sense of what we have to gain. Now, this has been proven in social psychology labs for years and years that that humans in general tend to be more risk averse than we are uh, risk seeking, meaning we we prefer to not lose five dollars than to take the chance of winning a hundred dollars, which is just the way they do some of the studies. Um, so we it's very concrete for us what we have to lose and very, very vague what we have to gain. And if you think about it in the way that we're talking about it, that makes so much sense because a mind will see the potential of this blank, wide open future concept, right? Nothing there. A mind will kind of see in the direction of this giant expansiveness where every, the possibility for everything exists, but there's no thing there for the mind to grab onto. And the mind will throw a thing in it because it likes things and it likes solidity. And so, It'll, it'll look like, oh, if I step into this, what I know, all the things that you know, you know, all the things that feel secure and known to you, they have the possibility to change. They have the possibility to, to, to be different. And we way overblow our minds, way overblow and like tell these, these negatively based stories about what we could lose of what we already have simply because that's something that a mind can grab onto. You know, it's something that's known and that known stuff could go away and our mind will hate that and tell all kinds of stories about how horrible that would be. So yeah, you're, you have your health now, but you could lose your health and then what? You know, and a mind will not at all be able to go to the flip side of that and say something like, yeah, you're reasonably healthy now, but what's possible? It just, it, you know, we can, we can sort of play there. We can, we can imagine, we can fantasize. We do, we do all that stuff, but it never feels as real. Our positive fantasies, our positive imaginations, our dreams about the future never, ever feel as real generally, as, as our thoughts about, oh no, what could happen and what I might lose, only because that is like stuff that's dead in the water. It's of the past, but it's a form, you know, it's tangible. And so it, it makes a better story in a sense, a more, a more believable story. And we're just used to our mind talking to us in that way and working in that way. It's really hard to fathom what we can't possibly fathom. You know, it's it's really difficult to um, to feel into the possibility of something that we can't see. Now, as I say this, I want to say it's not really that hard, <laughs> but we experience it as hard. We experience it as difficult because we're just simply not used to doing it. You know, we're so we're so used to being looking straight at what is already done and created and of form in life that that to look in a direction of something that hasn't that is invisible right now that hasn't yet taken a shape that our mind can label and grab onto 
it's we're just not used to it. <laughs> we're not used to it. And it it often won't even feel as satisfying. Like we can do it a little bit, but then our mind will come in and be like, well, you're making that up. Now our mind doesn't see that it's making up all the things that could go wrong, but it does see that that we're making up <laughs> all the things that could go right. So your mind will come in and say, oh, you know, quit dreaming about that. Like, and it'll pull us back to what's present in form right in front of us right now, which is kind of meaningless. And I really, that's, that's maybe the point beyond all of this, one of them that I really, really want to get across that what is, what is in our life and in our experience in this very moment right now, I've talked about this before here, that by the time we see it, and acknowledge it and feel it, it's out the door. It's dead in the water. It's formed. It's cooked. So, you know, we can we can milk it. We can talk about it as our mind, our mind can ruminate about it. Our mind can toss it into the future if it's something we like and say, oh, yay, this will happen. I'll have more of that later. But it's in the big scheme of creation, it's relatively dull and it's kind of dead because it's already been formed. So to use the river analogy, it's like we're we're at the bottom of the river, we're at the end of the river where all the water has come from the source and it's traveled this long distance and it's gotten mixed up with all kinds of stuff and now it's here and it's muddy and it's full of stuff and it's at our feet and it's sitting there and we're and that still water no longer moving much, all full of all the stuff it's picked up along the way on its journey down the river. And we're sitting there in that river, in that muddy, murky water, wanting to fix it, wanting to make something of it, saying, mine's too muddy or mine's not muddy enough. And we're not looking up toward the source of that river at all. And when it comes to thoughts about the future, our mind is pulling exclusively from what's there at the bottom of that river, at the end of that river. And it's crazy. It's crazy because that's done. It's done. It's over with. There's no more even potential there because it's already formless that is cooked and turned into some form and now it's just done. Now what's left for that is to turn back into formless and for that whole cycle of creation to start over again. But when we camp out and put these blinders on and just stare at what's cooked at the end of the river and and then we wonder why life feels hopeless and why we just assume that our future is going to look like a repeat of the past and that's not very exciting to us. Okay, so let's talk about looking toward the formless and tipping this scale a little bit. So let's just make up that the average person, because of how we're designed and because, you know, we, we tend to see what's visible before we see what's invisible, which just makes perfect sense. We, the average person is very much in the form of life. And I think we all know, I'm guessing if you're listening to this, you're, you're aware that there's a formless side of life. Um, but we all, and it, probably most people are, but we know those people who are just so kind of in the tangibles of things, in the physicals of things. Like it's almost, it almost seems like it never really occurs to them much that, you know, like they maybe very, very rarely think of the source 
of creation or the source of their experience. They're just kind of in the the end of that river. They're in, well, here's what she said, and here's what I did, and here's what's going to happen tomorrow. And and we're all there. We're all there. That's my point, is that we're all there probably more often than not, simply because that's the world we live in. We're human beings who live in this world of form. And I have to assume that the fact that we're that we're all there most of the time probably means that's how it's kind of supposed to be. Like there's a good reason for that, right? So so sometimes all of us are really, really in the form. It's all we can see. Um, other times, all of us have a have less of a rigid view on what's done, cooked, created. And we feel like we're in this space. And so maybe some of the words we use are like, I'm in, I just feel like I'm in the unknown. Or I'm, I feel like I'm, you know, in this place where anything could happen and I'm just waiting to see and not waiting, like watching your watch and saying, where is it? But it, it usually feels exciting. It usually feels like anticipation or like we're in appreciation of the mystery of life. So we're like, oh, I wonder what's going to happen, you know, or I can feel people say, like, I, I can feel things shifting. I can feel that something's wanting to come through or that I'm almost there or whatever the language we use is. But that's more of a sense of us being in this, this sense of, wow, like we have a greater awareness of or or conscious appreciation of the formless, of the consciousness that is who and what we really are. And in that, it's it's exciting and it's fresh and it's it's new. It's not old because it isn't dead like the form is. It's alive. It's full of aliveness. It's pregnant with everything. So it's like things and new form and and new thoughts and new experiences are bursting from it. And and it's it's really awesome there. So we all we all kind of move around, you know, every single one of us and she's from like moment to moment where we're back and forth and all of this and just seeing that there is that these scales do sort of tip that there are these two ends in a sense and that's just my my language making it sound like these two opposing things. They're not opposing at all, but um, that there, there is this form to look toward and the formless, just knowing that wakes us up more to the formless, to the invisible piece, because we don't need help waking up to the visible piece. We're swimming in it. And it's a really, really great thing to kind of have on your radar, you know, to have this growing awareness of where you are with that. Now, it's the type of thing that, I think kind of exploring this stuff, just, pe- you know, in general, when you're curious about how life works or you're in these kinds of conversations because they're interesting to you, um, you tend to see more of the formless because you're aware of it and you're in conversation about it and you know to look there because, again, it's invisible. So otherwise you wouldn't know to look there. And when you're in the form and you see the markers of being in the form, of being staring at the form, which the markers of staring at the form are things like you feel hopeless, you feel like dead end, you feel like Groundhog Day, you feel powerless, you know, you you aren't enjoying life or the mystery of it. It feels hard. 
all of those are showing us that we're looking more at the form than the formless. When we shift our focus, metaphorically speaking, and we're more in the formless, every adjective I just gave reverses. It feels relatively easy, effortless even. We love the mystery of it. We're excited. We're hopeful. All of that. I love that. Just that. Just that little distinction right there. So huge. So huge because it, it starts to show us what it means when life looks dull and hard. All it means is we're staring at stuff that's already cooked and dead. Of course it looks hard. But all we have to do is turn and look toward that bigger source where we don't know anything. And yes, your mind will freak out for a minute, but who cares? Your mind's always freaking out about something. So let your mind freak out and you turn and you look toward the source of all things. And anything, anything you could possibly imagine and so much that, you, that your mind could never imagine is there already. Now, practically speaking, because I know this can sound like a big metaphor, Um, but it truly isn't. Practically speaking, it's what we talk about when we're like in this, again, in this space of, I'm just, it's almost like wanting to see what comes through, waiting and wanting to see what wants to happen through us. Where I've talked about this many times on the podcast, but like we're we're kind of behind the energy of life being, being led down that river or upstream in this case, in our example, being led into that river rather than us with our ideas and our, our already dead thinking and feeling and actions leading the way. So there's a real, a real aliveness to it. And, and that's why we get stuff there that feels new and fresh and different. Um, about a week or so ago, I had uh, Joe Bailey came into the Little School of Big Change as our guest speaker. And he shared his experience with Lyme disease. And you may have heard it, or you can probably Google it and find some some places where he's talked about it. Um, but I'll just, just really briefly, he had Lyme disease. He had all kinds of symptoms, some really serious symptoms. Um, was feeling really not like himself, really sick, really limited. And he talked with someone who's like a energy healer type person, um, known to help with issues like these. He talked to this guy for 15 minutes on a crowded, busy street. It wasn't like any kind of proper session or, you know, nothing was really done, but ha- but a conversation was had. And in that conversation, the guy essentially kind of kind of called Joe on on his belief that he had Lyme disease and his identification with it. And his his basically in the language that I'm using in this this episode, his staring at it like he was camped out in the form of I have Lyme disease and it does this to me and I need to fix it. You know, it looked like such a solid, real piece of who Joe was, what was happening in his body. It just looked as solid as can be. And when it looked that way, of course, of course, you do everything you can to fix it, to get out of it. It looks like it needs a fix. You know, it looks very solid and real. Um, and so that's what Joe was doing. And when he had this insight and really just saw, oh, my mind, no, these are my words, but my mind is, is creating this because my mind creates everything. And I'm believing 
my mind. Like I, he's experiencing the symptoms he was experiencing because he had a deep belief that he had this issue. He had this as a problem. And when you believe that and you constantly look there, you're going to get what you're looking for because that's just the way our mind works. It's not even the way our mind works. It's the way life works in a bigger, bigger sense. Like we, we get what we're seeking. And so the way, again, I would kind of say this, it's like he, he saw that and it popped him out of it. It popped him out of having this Lyme experience right in front of his face, all through his body, all the time. And it, and it reoriented him and pointed him back toward the formless where he's just a dynamic in him and his body and his psychology and his mind and his brain and all of that, like it is for all of us, fully dynamic. There is no there. There is no future. There is no thing. It's constantly in motion. And yes, what moves through and gets created is often what we would call habitual, but, but without it looking so real and solid and like us, there's so much room for, for new stuff from that source to show up and take form through us, manifest through us. And that's what happened for Joe. He had this, this insight on the street with this guy and, and his symptoms largely went away. I mean, the completely different experience, let's say, of Lyme than he had before. And so, so he shared this with us and uh, I just talked today with a woman who uh, had listened to that and is in such a similar situation with a health issue um, and just seeing how, you know, she was sharing how she's just seeing that from the time she wakes up to the time she goes to bed, whether her mind consciously is there saying, what am I going to try? What am I going to do? What should I research? You know, like, there's a lot of that happening, a lot of her mind going there. But even when it isn't, shit really resonated with her that, oh, I believe I have this thing. And as long as I believe I have this thing and that this thing needs a fix that I'm going to find somewhere in some doctor or diet plan or, or pharmaceutical or something, that that's where we're that's where she's looking that's where we look we're at the at the end of that river and all that sooty muddy water that's already run its course that's now just kind of dead and we're sifting through it and from there trying to find an answer and it like popped her out of that as well so i don't i just it's it's so hard for human beings with really smart minds to look towards something that's invisible at times or to believe in something that we can't see. And I don't mean believe in in terms of making a belief a form because that's not what it is, but just looking towards something that hasn't yet taken a shape or a form. But it is the most aliveness. <laughs> it's the most alive experience I think we can have. You know, it's the most exhilarating experience we can have because it's us fully in the creation of life, fully in the creative process of life. A few episodes ago, I talked about my, my experience writing and it's, a, it's very similar to that. It's, it's 
full of angst and terror at times when my mind is saying there's nothing coming. But the, but the whole thing is all for that, those little glimmers of feeling where, wow, something, I looked up toward the nothingness and something just moved through and, and turned into something. Energy just moved through. Formless just took form through me in this very moment. And it was nothing that my mind could possibly really take credit for, although our mind will always try. (laughs) It'll always want the credit and dodge the blame. But it doesn't work that way. It just works that formless is manifesting into form and then formless is manifesting into form and then formless is manifesting into form over and over. And when we're not looking at the form, we're backed up enough to be in the flow of that process and it's exhilarating. I mean, it's like, it makes you feel like, wow, that's what life is supposed to be about. I think like this is us fully, fully in it. So um, I don't know that anything I just said made any sense. So please don't try to even make it make sense. Like I just, this was so exhilarating for me to even talk about. I love just feeling into that space and trying to put words, which are form, to it, knowing that I'm feeling miserably, but it's okay because looking toward that formless space, it feels alive and it feels incredible. And um, and so hopefully something in this speaks to that bigger part of you that that can resonate with that formless side of things. And, you know, if, if nothing else... Um, just look, look toward that scale for yourself. Like look at like, huh, how, how much am I staring at what I think, feel, do, or the past or the future? Like some concept, something that's dead in the water because it's already moved through and taken a form. And, and am I even aware that there's a whole other far bigger side of things, that formless side of things? And just being curious about that and having that that scale on your mind, no question is going to tip you more to the formless side of things. It'll, it'll point you there more often than not. And when we're looking there, oh, just, just be in that space of looking there, of, of recognizing that there is no future. You know absolutely nothing about anything. And that's the most amazing way to be, knowing nothing about anything. Anything is possible. And from that, it's not this vague, you know, just anything is possible place. From looking toward that formless, things will occur to you and take form and shape through you that are far bigger than what comes out of that tiny little kiddie pool at the end of the river. It, it's like you're dipping from all of the oceans and all of the galaxies, not just from that little kiddie pool of stuff that's formed and dead and over with. So thank you for listening. Thank you for humoring me <laughs> as I go through this little journey myself because this was really fun to talk about. And I really hope that something in here is helpful for you. The Little School of Big Change six-week course begins September 28th. Every time I run this six-week course, it's absolutely amazing. (laughs) Every time seems better than the last. It blows me away. But I really feel like this time, this September 28th, 2020, is going to be extra special given all the change that everyone in the world, literally the whole world, is going through right now. 
we're all navigating huge change. And there's no better, easier, more natural way to do that than to see that who we are is designed to change. It's only our mind and believing our mind that we have a hard time with all of this. So you were built for this. You were built for change. And you really can start to live into that more and more. So whether you've turned to old habits and coping mechanisms during this time, or the uncertainty is getting to you, or health anxiety, or the social isolation piece, whatever it is, there's no better time to consider spending this time with us and this amazing, incredible, loving community that can help you see a much better way. If you pre-enroll in the Little School of Big Change before the September course begins, you're guaranteed a seat, which is important, and you also save $49. So please go to thelittleschoolofbigchange.com to check it out and let me know if you have any questions. I would love, love to have you in this very special September class. 